You are now listening to the Griot's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified. Hello. And welcome back. You know, if you've watched the last episode or listened to the last episode or absorbed it through osmosis, I don't know how you do that, but I'm sure uh, there's some kind of technology that will allow you to do that. Then you know that we've been talking about the two kinds of CRT. There's the critical race theory, the scholarship that was uh, the work of black scholars and taught in schools across the country. And then there's this thing that white people made up called CRT. And we're trying to kind of separate the differences between the two. So I want to welcome you to the Grio Daily, the only podcast that'll tell you about the two CRTs. Now that you understand kind of what critical race theory is and what CRT is, you need to know what those differences are in real life and why I didn't make white people mad. So critical race theory says, for instance, this country was founded through the lens of whiteness. The Constitution supported slavery, right? Um, white people can discount that, but it is a real thing. It is true, right? Uh, this country's bloodiest and largest war, the Civil War, was fought to create a white supremacist nation called the Confederate States of America. That is true. It's absolutely true. There is nothing that you can argue about that. This country's biggest social and economic uh, plan that ever existed, the New Deal, was given to white people while black people were excluded. That is a fact. This country's main source of law enforcement policing was created as a way to control human property, what you call slaves, what white people called slaves, what they call human chattel, a system of human trafficking that is historically accurate. There are no ways about that. Now, Slavery, uh, the New Deal, the war for white supremacy that we call the Civil War, creating a country that is based on slavery, or the Confederate States of America, uh, shooting black people in the face disproportionately, uh, using municipal funds to control enslaved people, um, redlining. All of those things are unquestionably racist, right? It, well, they may be in the past, but we can all agree that those things are racist, right? Those things built the middle class, they built the foundation on which this country lies, and those things are racist. If you say that America's wealth, their middle class, their economic foundation, their uh, foundation politically, their foundation economically, their foundation socially because of Jim Crow and all of those, uh, the way we live, how cities are constructed with black neighborhoods. All of those things are based on laws, principles, and actual political efforts that were unquestionably racist. When we look at America through the lens of race, 
you would have to say that the foundation of this country is partly or wholly embedded in racism. That's not a controversial statement, right? It's not controversial to call racist things racist. If we're going to teach children about the foundation of America, for instance, about history or about uh, slavery or about how this country was founded, about the founding fathers, and in all of those disparate lessons, how neighborhoods were constructed. If we exclude the racial aspect from all of those lessons, intentionally, not only are you misinforming people, right? You are engaged in a concerted effort to undermine or to whitewash the history of this country, which is racism, right? To erase racism, to erase the past out of which I was born, which people who were descendants of enslaved people, which everybody in this country benefited from in one way or the, or the other, or whether you're white um, and your parents were slaveholders, or whether you didn't have to compete in the 1960s against black students who wanted to get into the colleges that excluded them. The University of Alabama campus at Tuscaloosa is under a tight security guard of state police as Governor George Wallace appeals for calm and prepares to confront a deputy U.S. attorney. The federal officers are armed with a proclamation from President Kennedy urging the governor to end his efforts to prevent two Negro students from registering at the university. The governor is adamant. He made a campaign promise to stand in the doorway himself to prevent the integration of the last all-white state university. Whether your parents uh, came to this country as immigrants and they had an easier time to get in because the immigration policy excluded brown people. All of that is part of this country's history. And if you exclude that, you're not just taking away the parts that make white people feel uncomfortable. You're erasing the history of black people. You're erasing the history of non-white immigrants. You're erasing some of the important aspects of this country to make white children feel comfortable. And if you are sacrificing the history and the culture of one people for the needs of or the comfort of another, the only way to describe that is racist. So the anti-CRT effort doesn't fight against looking at America through a racial lens CRT does, critical race theory does that. Derek Bell's scholarship does that. The white people CRT doesn't do that. The white people CRT doesn't fight against uh, people understanding that racism is normal. It doesn't fight against white children learning that uh, about redlining. It fights against teaching the truth. And it does so for the comfort of white children, so they say. And so what they are fighting against is not critical race theory, right? It's not the thing that Derrick Bell taught. It's not a graduate school philosophy. It's not a way of viewing anything through a lens of race. They are fighting against telling the truth. They are fighting to teach kids lies like the Civil War was about 
states' rights and taxation. They are fighting to teach kids that part of poverty, part of the reason that poverty is so widespread in black neighborhoods is because of government policy like the New Deal, like redlining. And they say it makes white kids uncomfortable, but what it really does is make white children believe that this country was founded on hard work and work ethic and achievement, which is a lie. They're not fighting against critical race theory, right? Because critical race theory can look at redlining through a racial lens. Critical race theory can look at the economics of the New Deal through a red lens. But they're not even fighting against that. What they are fighting is to preserve a lie, the lie that their granddaddy got here on merit. That's how he got his money. And that's not saying that he worked, didn't work hard. That's not saying that he didn't know what he was doing. That's not saying that he wasn't educated, but it's also leaving out the important part of who they had to compete against, the laws that helped them, and the government policy that gave them their wealth and their advantage. If you don't teach that part, you're teaching a lie. What they're fighting for is for lies. They're fighting against truth, not critical race theory. So when you argue against what they're teaching, you don't even have to include critical race theory because that ain't, it's just a name that they made up, right? You don't have to argue against, um, you know, the 1619 Project because they don't, they've never read the 1619 Project. You don't have to argue against Derrick Bell because they ain't never read nothing Derrick Bell wrote. They're arguing for something that they made up. They're arguing for a lie. And that's the difference between critical race theory and this manufactured thing called CRT. To understand it, you're going to have to continue to listen to this podcast. You might want to tell your friends about it. Matter of fact, I suggest that you download that Grio app. And of course, we're going to leave you with a famous black saying. And today's black saying is, it's just the imagination. Running away with whiteness. Oh, it's just their imagination. We'll see you next time. Running away with them. Sounds just like a, 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 one of the temptations to her. We'll see you. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review, download the Grio app, subscribe to the show, and share it with everyone you know. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to podcast at thegrio.com. I'm political scientist, author, and professor, Dr. Christina Greer, and I'm host of The Blackest Questions on The Griot's Black Podcast Network. This person invented ranch dressing around 1950. Who are they? I have no idea. This all began as an exclusive Black History trivia party at my home in Harlem with family and friends. And they got so popular, it seemed only right to share the fun with our Griot listeners. Each week, we invite a familiar face on the podcast to play. What was the name of the person who was an enslaved chief cook for George Washington and later ran away to freedom? In 1868, 
This university was the first in the country to open a medical school that welcomed medical students of all races, genders, and social classes. What university was it? No, th this is why I like doing stuff with you because I leave educated. I was not taught this in Alabama public schools. Question yeah. number three, you ready? Yes, let me okay. try to redeem myself. How did we go from Kwanzaa to like, these obscure sport, darling. This is like the New York Times crossword from a Monday to a Saturday. Right or wrong. Because all we care about is the journey and having some fun while we do it. I'm excited and also a little nervous. Oh, listen, no need to be nervous. And as I tell all of my guests, this is an opportunity for us to educate ourselves because Black history that. is American history. So we're just gonna have some fun. Listen, some people get zero out of five, some people get five out of five. It doesn't matter. We're just gonna be on a little intellectual journey together. Latoya Cantrell? That's right, Mary okay. Latoya Cantrell. Hercules Posey. Mm. Born in 1754, and he was a member of the Mount Vernon slave community, widely admired for his culinary skills. I'm going to guess Afropunk. Close. It's okay. Afro Nation. So last heard year, according to my research, it's Samuel Wilson, aka Falcon. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. I, I am I am disputing this. I'm very, 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 very 99.9999 sure that it is Representative John Lewis, who is also from the state of Alabama. That lets you know, Christina, we got some goodness come out of Alabama. There is something in the water in Alabama, and you are absolutely correct. The harder they come. Close. Oh, wait, uh, the harder they fall? That's right. I'm one of those people that, that just changes one word. I mean, I know the show too well. I just don't know nothing today. It's I'm going to pour myself a little water while you tell me the answer. The answer is Seneca Village, which began in 1825 with the purchase of land by a trustee of the AME Zion Church. You know why games like this make me nervous? I don't know if I know enough black. Do I know enough? How black am I? Oh, my Lord. They, they gonna, we going to find out in public. So give us a follow, subscribe, and join us on The Blackest Questions.